0: So what you said was this isn't how you raised him, yet your adult child has made his own decision. Yes, and I don't like it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was giving him money for groceries here and there. We flew down so we could take him out to dinner and kind of wine and dine him. And now they're wasting their money on
2: it. it. It's one thing to make a mistake, but there's another to be stupid. And that was the hardest part is just to look at
1: it. Hello there,
0: parents of adult children. This is Sister Jix, and you are listening to the Ear of a Sister podcast, the place to come and vent about the decisions made by your adult children. You can contact me at earofasister at gmail.com. Okay, right now we're going to hear from Nick, and Nick is going to vent about a cheating scandal. Welcome, Nick, to the Ear of a Sister podcast. My ear is here. Let the venting begin.
2: Yeah, well, I'm calling uh, in regards to my son, who went off to college his freshman year. And uh, from as far as I know, he was pretty successful his freshman year, and there was no major problems academically or socially, so he made it successfully for year one. And he had about a 3.1 or three. two GPA and we're proud of him going back to school a sophomore year where he was going to continue in his major courses. He is sophomore year. I know he was taking a difficult course and, uh, he told me that he was struggling and it was mid mid mid-semester time. And there was a test coming up and apparently he didn't feel very prepared. So he, uh, you know, was looking at his phone. Now, in universities now, when you have tests, you are not allowed to have a phone anywhere. You can't have a phone on the desk near you or in the bag. If you're spotted with the phone, you're in essence considered cheating. And so you fail the test. Well, fortunately, he was able to um, convince the teacher that he was not looking at his phone for answers. He was only looking at the phone to see how much time was left in the day while he was looking at his phone two times during the test. So the instructor apparently was generous to my son and allowed him to turn the test in with a stern warning. Well, he didn't do too well on the test and was getting a D in the course and that came to the finals or it actually did okay on the test he was getting a c but you had to maintain a c now came the final and after stern warning about the phone was caught with his phone during the test Again, again out on the table and again tried to say i was just checking for the time on the test to see how much time which instructor again said, We have a clock in the classroom you could look at as well, but insisted, No, I was never looking at my phone for answers.
0: Well, let me well, ask you one thing was- here the, the clock that was in the classroom, if it was an analog clock, there seems to be this trend of young people these days don't know how to read an analog clock. All they know how to read is a digital clock. Could that have been true? Uh,
2: that could, that probably was an analog clock. Um, and, <laughs> and, but, but, but I, I, I sat there and asked myself, I understand the urge to try to be more successful and and the urge to do whatever it takes to. But once you've been caught and dodged a major bullet, wouldn't you then think that this is the instructor who, who's even going to be looking at me more and I'm going to try to go about it the same way. It, it, that it's one thing to make mistake, but there's another to be stupid. And that was the hardest part is just to look at the stupidity in which you think that you're going to do the same same tactic with the same instructor and get a different result. And so he failed the class and finally told me how come he failed the class was because he was caught cheating for the second time.
0: Uh, Nick, Nick, that I know that's probably in your mind. You're thinking I didn't raise you this way, but I guarantee you, you are not the only parent who has a kid who's failing college courses, who maybe isn't doing things the appropriate way in the collegiate classroom. So if you are out there, other parents, please join our conversation. Please email me at earofasister at gmail.com. You can simply write to me about your experiences or say that you're willing to have me send you a link and I'll record as you event here. So Nick, I'd like to thank you for sharing. And I'm sure there are other parents who are just nodding in agreement with what you just experienced.
2: Thank you for hearing me.
0: Next on the line, we have Kay. Kay, my ear is here. Let the venting begin.
1: Well, mine is rather a long, involved story. But as our kids grow, their stories also grow. So mine started one innocent day when my two daughters decided that they would move in with each other. And for some reason, one of my daughters moved down to California. And I knew at that very moment There was a reason she was moving from Seattle to California. And now you'll find out why. So they're great kids in college doing everything they're supposed to be. And I'm feeling like, oh, they're working jobs. So um, when my daughter called and asked me to borrow some money because she couldn't make her rent because she didn't get enough hours at the restaurant she worked at, Of course, I said, yes, I will give you $125. And she didn't say she, you know, it was going to be a borrow. So I was okay with that. And I was actually bragging at work about how my daughter was so responsible. And she called to ask to borrow the money before she was overdue in her rent. So then we decide we're going to make a little visit to California to visit these two daughters down there. As we go down to visit them, we're sitting on the couch, and they go, Mom, we have a surprise for you. Meet your grand dog. And down (laughs) the stairs, bounds three gigantic dogs, two boxers and some other breed that I'd never heard of before, something called a Weimerimer. And I was like, who, what? They go, Yeah. We bought a dog. And I go, you bought a dog? You go, well, we saved a dog. And I was like, you saved a dog. How are you going to afford a dog? You can't even afford to pay your rent. So once I was asking the tough question of how she was going to afford the dog, she informed me that is the reason her sister moved to California so that she could help with the rent and help raise the dog.
0: Your granddog, in other words, not your grandchild, a granddog. Grand right.
1: granddog. I was giving him money for groceries here and there. We flew down so we could take him out to dinner and kind of wine him, dine him, and now they're wasting their money on a dog, not a little dog that's going to eat twenty-five cents of food, a giant, huge, one hundred-pound dog. So was that the thing so- that was
0: the most annoying? Is it? Is it again? Is it the? Uh I don't know if they had a place that was
1: suited for a dog or was it just it was mostly based on the financial choices then? It was definitely the financial choice that they had five girls and three giant dogs. Oh, there're other roommates involved. Five roommates and three dogs in a <laughs> little two-bedroom apartment. It was oh, my gosh. It was scary walking in
0: there. Did they end up keeping this dog? Did that, was that a long-term thing or did they give up the dog or what, how did that thing kind of wrap up?
1: Well, the one daughter decided, well, this dog's not for me. It's too much work and I've got to walk him. I got to train Mm -hmm. him and he's out of control. And the first time we take him out, he attacks a squirrel. But the other daughter who moved down there falls in love with this dog. It ends up helping her through thick and thin as a, I guess you could say a mental health dog, uh, what do they call those social, social emotional dog health, whatever. She thinks this dog is the best thing on earth. And then I kind of started to cave and then (coughs) she decides to move back up to Seattle, but she can't take her dog with her. So who takes the dog for 10 months? Oh, mom, the sucker. And the dog proceeds to (laughs) pull down the blinds in one bedroom Oh, do you think we would crate the dog after that? No. We leave the dog a second time. It pulls the blinds down in the second bedroom. We leave the dog home a third time. It pulls the blinds down. We, we thought for sure we had it in a secure place. It got out again, went out the window, cut himself up climbing out the window. The dog was a crazy dog.
0: Well, let me get this straight. I Your daughter moves back but she can't have a dog where she's currently staying. So you, you and all your, your kind motherhood decide that you will actually take the dog yourself. So you have this dog in your house.
1: We have this dog in our house for 10 months while she's trying to find another job. She's graduated now with a degree and now the place she's living won't allow dogs, which is another reason why you have a, I have a hard time when you have a giant dog. Many places don't take giant dogs. Well, so, wow. We we uh, kind of started to fall in love with this crazy dog though. And then I found myself this is the worst. I was babysitting my granddaughter, my first and only precious granddaughter, and that granddaughter fell in love with the dog. So when I would go and get pick up my granddaughter, I would go and make sure that after I had, let me back up. I, I left the, my daughter took her dog back finally after 10 months. Then I had a granddaughter and then I was going over to my daughter's house to take the dog back up with <laughs> I so that the granddaughter could play with the dog. Oh my gosh. It's really funny for me.
0: As I listen to you, that your, your, even your tone of voice changed, like your initial reaction when you're telling me about what I just sent you money. And now you have a dog to all of a sudden the whole wraparound story. So parents, if any of you are in this current position where you're just questioning your, uh, maybe the pet choices of your children, hey, look, look what happened in this story. It all wrapped around and now it was a member of the family. So Kay, I'm really happy that you were willing to share that story because I know you were not the first and will not be the last parent of adult children who questioned the pet choices. And yeah, I've got some, I've got an email that I'll read here momentarily that uh, kind of expands on this theme. So I'd love to hear from you, parents, uh, with your children and their and their pet issues, because I wasn't expecting this, but I am getting more and more input from people questioning their their children's choices with pets. So thank you, Kay, for listening to the Ear of a Sister podcast and actually contributing.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Okay, oh. next up, we have on the line, Lynn. Lynn, welcome to the Ear of a Sister podcast. My ear is here. Let it out. Well, hi. How are you, Sister G? Um, Just so, Gix, what I go by, Gix is G-I-X. So let's make that clear to the audience, Sister. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. So, Sister Jix,
3: let's let's talk about uh, one of my children. I I actually have three children, and they are all great, wonderful human beings. Um, but you know, we were talking the other day about. Um, just things that your kind of grown children do that make you just kind of cringe and make you think like, what in the world, like, where did that come from? Right. Mm -hmm. So I have my middle, my middle child, who is a, a, a man, full grown man at this point and has three children of his own. Um, has always been really into fitness and, you know, I'm all about like respecting your body. Your body is a temple, like take care of the equipment that you're given and all that, um, but he kind of in the last couple of years has really taken it to like a whole different level that I kind of never thought possible, um, you know, and it, and it started out by just kind of, you know, when he was in high school, he was always involved in sports and stuff. But then as he got to become more of a, an adult, he really got into like going to the gym and working out and um. Eventually kind of got hooked up with a professional trainer that really helped him to start, you know, sculpting his body into different ways and shaping it. And and, you know, all of that, I guess, is really um, OK. But it's kind of gotten to this point where it's really um, like kind of over the top, in my opinion. Um, like so far, it sounds great. I mean, I'm loving what I'm hearing so far. Well, here's where it turns. Right. Like he is now into like bodybuilding has like now, like, I mean, he's still kept the day job. Don't get me wrong. He's still keeping his day job, but like he works out at least twice a day for several hours. He like goes to competitions where he wears like a full on like speedo and gets the old spray tan, you know, where it looks like they're putting wood varnish on somebody's body. And, um, it's almost like cultural appropriation, right? Like, I'm like, you shouldn't be that dark. That's not okay. That is just not okay. Um, you're, you're acting like something, you know, you're going to get, you're going to get slammed for acting like you're something that you're not. But anyway, it's just, and then he'll post it, you know, he'll post it on social media. And it's like, all of my friends are like, what is going on with this son of yours? Like he is scantily clad online (laughs) and he's the father of three. What is he doing? Um, so it's just, it's all very strange because honestly, you know, um, you know, this is a young man who I, we're we're kind of a religious family, you know, and um I would say that modesty and you know not drawing attention to your body has been something that has kind of we planted a seed with that, you know, his whole life. And then, like the next thing I know, he's like, he's every every time he can post a picture of his body
0: online, he's doing it, you know, and I'm like, cover up. <laughs> oh <my laughs> So what you said was this isn't how you raised him, yet your adult child has made his own decision. Yes, and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> and there ain't nothing you can do about it. There's nothing I can do about it. Um, oh, yeah,
3: goodness. I mean, he's really intense. Like, they, like, do this thing where they do, like, a weekly meal prep he and his wife and they weigh out their food on these little scales and they put them into Tupperware. And I mean, it is intense.
0: Well, there, there's my next question. How does his wife feel about this dedication? She's all to into wife? it.
3: She's all into it. So what can I say? You know, like she's, she even for a while was kind of thinking about doing the competitions herself, but I think she kind of recognized that that was just a little bit really hard to do when you have three kids at home that you've got to take care of, you know. And so I think she tries to eat healthy, but he's kind of on a whole other different level, you know?
0: oh my gosh, i'm I'm really glad you shared that story. i'm I'm sorry if you if I offended you by laughing, but it just no,
3: it is like kind of an interesting little subculture that I found my son in, you know, where it's like, gosh, there's this whole like, subculture of people who are so into this idea. Oh, and he'll say things to me like, mom, my, my body is a piece of art. I'll be like, really? (laughs) Because I remember changing your diapers (laughs) and it wasn't, there was nothing artful about it then.
0: Oh my gosh. So I am sure you are not the only parent out there who has felt this way. And yet it doesn't seem like, um, you feel like confronting your son at all, because there's really nothing that negative about it. But there's other parents out there that feel the same way. And those of you in the audience, if you have some experience similar to this, or maybe you know someone, just clue them in to the Ear of a Sister podcast. You can email me at of a sister at gmail.com. And when you email me, you can of course remain anonymous. You can simply tell your story through an email, or you can agree to have me send you a link where we can record our conversation. Like I have done here with Lynn and her son. So that's, that's a great story. That's a great vent about um, decisions made by our, our adult children. And I want to thank you, Lynn, for sharing it with our audience.
3: No problem. No problem. Thanks for having me on.
0: Well, right now, I'd like to get back to something I mentioned earlier in regards to the pet situation with adult children. Sometimes people contact me and they don't want to be recorded, but they will describe their situation in an email. And so I have one of those emails here that I'd like to read to you all. So it's titled, Pet Mediation. Dear Sister Jicks, I have to vent about what I see as over-the-top idiocy. Maybe my opinion won't be popular, but I think this whole story is ridiculous. My adult son broke up with his girlfriend, and they ended up having to call in a mediator to decide legal custody of their dog. Honestly, I was stupefied over the fact that it went to this length. The situation ended up involving friends picking sides, friends trying to sneak the dog away for their particular alliance. The situation started to affect my son at his job. I mean, just ludicrous. Because he had originally gifted her the dog as a puppy, he eventually ended up losing rights to the dog. I couldn't believe the lengths the two of them went during this custody battle. This is not a child. Well, this particular listener wishes to remain anonymous, and that's perfectly okay. I like to think that most of us are still hoping for healthy relationships with our adult children. An anonymous place to vent can be quite useful to this end. So if you're listening to this show with no need to vent, well, live longer. Seriously, there might be some actual social media perfect families out there. This podcast was not created for you, but on second thought, I invite you to listen just to see how the rest of us cope. Personally, I've used walking, yoga, prayer, chocolate, and bourbon, but my biggest help has been just venting, sometimes while I've cried and now more while I laughed. Thanks to my sisters and now my listeners. I'm here for you now as Sister Jicks. You vent, I'll listen, and maybe we'll all learn something and be entertained in the process. In fact, this podcast would be a great listen while out on a walk when you just need a little space from your adult child who has just moved back home. Contact me at earofasister at gmail.com. My ear is here. I let the venting begin. I'm Sister Jix, and you've been listening to The Ear of a Sister podcast.